more wood? Oh, yeah. You are now listening to Blast Burn Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Blast Burn Radio. I'm your host, Jolly by Nature, and with me today are our Let's Go friends, our Canto co-hosts, Celeste and Messer Engine. Uh, thanks for joining me today, guys. How's it going? Release week hype. It's almost here. I'm very excited. I'm, I already have my copy preloaded on my Switch, and my capture card should be here Wednesday or Thursday. So, yeah, it's going to be a good time. I'm good. I'm still trying to decide between a physical copy and a uh, digital copy of Let's Go. I haven't decided yet. Yeah, my mind was made up for me because the uh, the special edition Switch comes with a digital copy, so that's what I'm getting. Yeah, I'm I'm super excited as well. I don't know when mine is actually going to arrive, though. I'm guessing it's going to be more than a week for me, and so I'm just kind of chilling out and waiting until it gets here. But I'm I'm very excited to dive in. Yep, I'm going to be on vacation the week after it comes out, too. So it comes out Friday. This coming Friday, uh, and then I'll be off for all of Thanksgiving week, so I'll have plenty of time to play, which will be really cool. Awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. All right, guys, so we have a ton of fucking Pokemon news to go over. Last episode, we actually recorded a week early, so we have three whole weeks of news, and these weren't slow news weeks. In addition, we actually have some really big and exciting uh, Blastburn Radio news to share with everybody today. Uh, With that in mind, we're only covering the, the biggest stories that have broken since our last episode, just to make sure that we hit all the most important bases. Uh, so let's go ahead and jump into this week's Pokemon news. Do 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 Here is the Poke News. The Poke News. All right, guys. So very quickly, the final event in the Year of Legendary series is currently live. It's the last one. We're almost done. Uh, Lugia and Ho-Oh are available to trainers in November, and worldwide they are being distributed by retail. Uh, primarily by GameStop or EB Games, but if you're in Europe, your mileage may vary, so be sure to check out the official list for confirmation for your area. Pokemon Sun and Ultra Sun will redeem Lugia, whereas Moon and Ultra Moon redeem Ho-Oh, and as always, they come at level 60 in Sun and Moon, or level 100 with a gold bottle cap in Ultra Sun and Moon. Uh, Now, this event runs through Sunday, November 25th, which is my birthday, uh, in every region except for Canada, who for some reason have until the 26th to pick up their code. Uh, who you who you been sucking up to, Canada? Who you been getting that sweet, sweet deal from? Let me know. Let me know. I want the hookup. Now, we also got an old throwback, a favorite here on the show. You no. thought it was over, but no. like a bad horror movie, the Ash Cap Pikachu is never really gone. Yesterday, a new event for Ash Cap Pikachu was released uh, for Hong Kong specifically, but it works for all American, European, and Japanese copies of both Sun and Moon as well as Ultra Sun and Moon. These Pikachu are available by shared download code, and these codes are available for the Hoenn, Sinnoh, Unova, Kalos, and Alola variants. So you remember how we were all like, oh, you can only get one, you have to wait. Well, now they're just saying, fuck it, you can have them all. Uh, you can have a whole <laughs> team of Ashcap Pikachus. <laughs> 
the codes are all some variant of let's go pikachu with various numbers punched in in weird places uh that full list of codes is available over at serebi.net and this event is active through december 1st i can't believe it i don't know how many how many fucking weeks we're like well, it's that time. If you wanted Kalos, now's oh god, we've been doing this forever. Yeah, just put in the fucking code and get it. Like it was just months and months of Ash Cat Pikachu's, and then we were like, "Thank God it's over." And then just back from the fucking dead, they're like, "No, we're all here. Have them all. All that time you wasted, over. God, it would have made our life so much easier if we were like, "Hey guys, if you want an Ash Cat Pikachu." Yeah, get one. You can get all six next year. Maybe just wait for that. And then we never talk about it again. I don't think Game Freak realizes it's November now because they're treating Ash Cat Pikachu like fucking Michael Myers. It won't stay dead. It won't stay dead. <laughs> now, lastly, they have announced a new Global Link tournament for November, and this one is super cool and exciting, you guys. The rule set, however, is pretty standard stuff. This tournament is the 2018 International Challenge November, and it uses the standard VGC 2019 Sun Series rule set, which allows up to two cover legendaries, but no Z-moves, Mega Evolutions, or Primal Revision. What makes this competition exciting, however, is the reward. All participants in this competition will receive a shiny Tapu Lele, which is super exciting as this Pokemon is shiny locked in the games. And this is the very first opportunity to pick up its shiny Sprite variant. Registration for this tournament will run from November the 22nd through the 29th and battles will be active from the 30th through December the 2nd. So be sure to participate and pick up your shiny Tapu Lele. Now, as always, things happen real, real fast over in Pokemon Go. Gotta go fast like Sanic. So, Messer Engine, what's going on right now in the Go community? So much. Just to punctuate that fact, there were a whole bunch of events since we last recorded, including, let's see, Halloween, celebration for the release of Niantic's Ingress Prime, uh, and November Community Day featuring Cyndaquil. Unfortunately, however... All these events are over by the time you're listening to this, so sorry about that. I hope you weren't counting on your good buddy Mez to remind you to get out and go catch fire weasels or whatever the fuck Cyndaquil is. Hopefully you got out there and got some cool stuff. There is a current active event that gives stubble, stubble dardust, double stardust though, for catching and hatching, and that'll run through November 13th. This event also saw the release of Buizel and Floatzel in Pokemon Go, as well as Badoo. Let's see, we got more shit. We saw the expected rollover of the research breakthrough in November, and it's pretty exciting that this month, when you hit your breakthrough, you get the opportunity for the first time ever to catch Shininja. So be sure to go pick yours up, that good ghost bug boy. Now, the big news from Pokemon Go, however, is definitely the release of Adventure Sync. This new feature allows for Pokemon Go to track and reward your steps even when the game isn't active. It had a staggered rollout based on a trainer level, like some other features we've seen in recent months. Uh, and it allows you to gain buddy walking candy and also to hatch eggs, as well as earning weekly rewards based off of your walking distance. This is Honestly, a huge quality of life improvement for Pokemon Go. We're really happy to see it live for people like me who actually walk around my building a whole lot, but obviously 
when I'm at work can't have my Pokemon Go app up and be like, yeah, I'm going to catch Pokemon. This is really cool. I'll actually be able to hatch the eggs that I've had for a million and a half years. So it's awesome. Hope you're using it. Awesome. Thank you, Messer Engine. Uh, I've actually been getting out and playing quite a bit of, of Go. I participated in a bunch of those events. I got uh, a shiny pincer and a shiny Gengar. Actually, I have like a million and a half pincer in my Go account just sitting and waiting for Let's Go so I can bring that hashtag pincer army with me into Kanto. It's going to be good times. Uh, this is... I have always been a very vocal critic of Pokemon Go. It's a good time to play Pokemon Go right now. Go feels fun to play. And I think that for me personally, that's true for the first time ever. A shiny pincer, though. It turned turned Go from a no-go to a yes-go? <laughs> is, is that what just happened? That wasn't necessarily the turning point, but I, I, I'm very fond of my Buggo friend. Now... We got three major pieces of Pokemon news over the last three weeks, and we definitely want to go over all of them. So let's let's go in release order and start with the oldest. So right before our last episode went live, but after it was recorded, we got confirmation that Meltan does evolve. Uh, so it's not a form change that it gets. It is actually a true evolution into Mel Metal, which is, well... He's a big, swole metal boy. If Regigigas were, like, made of liquid metal spunk, and if he had big metal nuts for hands, that's a pretty good idea of what we're working with here. Melmetal is the first ever mythic Pokemon to evolve. Uh, it is also a pure steel type, much like Meltan. It is unique in that Meltan is only capable of evolving into Melmetal in Pokemon Go. If you transfer your Meltan over to Let's Go, it cannot evolve there. Uh, it'll evolve from Meltan with 400 Meltan candy and can be transferred as Melmetal to Pokemon Let's Go. Uh, Melmetal has access to a new unique move called Double Iron Bash, which hits twice and has a chance to flinch on each hit. What do you guys think about our new big metal boy, Melmetal? He is the only Pokemon who murders his kind to get bigger. <laughs> like, the little trailers we got showed him, like, eating metal. So all I can imagine with these 400 fucking Meltan candy is that just one Nutto is, is, is hungry. Is just hungry for his own kind and just slowly absorbs them all until he's like, man, I'm fat. That's how we get Melmetal, friends. I believe Melmetal is going to be the end of the Pokemon world. It's going to become the giant gray blob of uh, Pokemon, eating everything to become bigger. Oh, God. It's indescribable. It's the blob. <laughs> I started to say, I'm sure Palkia would step in before that, but would it become the <laughs> the Lord of Space versus the Lord of Mass? Yep. Yep. <laughs> 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 I I think Melmetal is a really cool and interesting like Pokemon design. I do think that it's really interesting that it's basically just a bunch of Meltan like doing the fusion dance and coming together into one big boy. I like it. I like it a lot. I I like the fact that Pokemon is breaking barriers in Generation 7. If you consider Meltan Generation 7, I don't want to open that fucking can of worms right now because, yeah, Twitter is bad. Speaking of Twitter being bad, by the way, you guys, as of today when we're recording this, Pokemon Let's Go leaked on Twitter to the data miners and data miners are starting to release details today. So if you don't want details spoiled for you, now might be a good time to like go fucking black on social media because those spoilers are very real and very out there. 
but yeah, that's that's off topic. Uh, Mel Metal, Mel Metal's really cool. I I like him a whole whole lot. And, and again, Generation Seven brought us the first time that new Pokemon were introduced in the middle of a generation with things like Stack Attacka and um, oh god, what's his face, Cake Pops, um, <laughs> Blacephalon. It gave us the first ever evolving mythic. It gave us the first line of evolving legendaries. Uh, like, like they're not scared to break the formula. And I think that while that's scary in some places and, and nowhere is that more notable than in Let's Go, where lots of seasoned fans are going, this isn't the Pokemon I've come to want and expect. And I'm nervous about that. It's, it's also refreshing that they're willing to change things at this stage. Yeah, I mean, that's it's an essential part of keeping yourself relevant, right? Reinvention. So, I mean, hopefully it pays off. I think that there is a um, a strong resistance against stuff like that sometimes from core fans and longtime fans just because it's it's not the same. I think we've seen that with, like, a lot of franchises, like longtime franchises and, like, cinema and television recently, too. So it'll be interesting to see how it's received. You know, once Let's Go is live and how probably more importantly, how this is seen in the future. Like once we hit Gen 8, how will we look back on Gen 7? I think once people get distanced from things, their opinions change. So it'll be really interesting to see how those particular items crystallize in our minds once we've moved beyond it. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys. Now, our next story doesn't have a ton of meat to it. It's not super deep, but it's one that I am very excited for. We saw our very last uh, Smash Brothers centered direct ahead of the release of Smash Ultimate next month. And that direct included the announcement of the last new fighters to hit the roster ahead of the game's release. Uh, There was a lot of speculation and several leaks of dubious origins ahead of the direct about who was going to be included. And we now know that Incineroar is joining the battle. You big, big cat boy. The direct also announced Ken of Street Fighters as an Echo Fighter of Ryu, uh, as well as the Piranha Plant of Mario Brothers, uh, much to the salt of everyone who was hoping for their own favorite character that we got the Piranha Plant instead. And Piranha Plant is the first DLC edition and is free to early purchasers. Uh, They did also announce a planned release of five additional DLC fighters at a price point of $6 a piece or $25 for the season pass. Uh, The interesting part for us as a Pokemon podcast, however, was definitely Incineroar. Uh, Incineroar's moveset is inspired by his pro wrestling concept. And like a wrestler, he poses after his attacks. Uh, His neutral smash is his signature move move Darkest Lariat, while his final smash is a variant of his unique Z-move, Malicious Moonsault. Uh, What do you guys think? What are your thoughts on the inclusion of Incineroar in Smash Ultimate? I like it a lot. Um, The inclusion of Pokemon into Smash has been always pretty slow, and its first iteration was the Pokemon Trainer, where it had, was it Bulbasaur, War Turtle, and Charizard were the first fighters? Or wait, no. No, I'm an idiot. I I think we had Mewtwo before that, right? What am I talking about? Pikachu was original roster. (laughs) Oh, and Pikachu in the original. I'm derping out big time. Yeah, Pikachu was original roster, so was Mewtwo. What am I talking about? Mewtwo was later. Mewtwo was was GameCube. Was it GameCube? The the Cube. It's been a long week. I even played the hell out of Pikachu. I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. 
And you're keeping this in because it's funny. Anyway. Yeah, so what am I talking about? Um, I like it, though. My entire point is wrong because, yeah, Celeste is tired and not remembering things that she should remember. But, yeah, Incinera, awesome. Done. I, I don't want to talk anymore. I, on the other hand, really don't like it because... I don't like Incineroar. I don't. I love his first two forms, and then he gets stupid ridiculous. And I'm like, where's my where's my great dark cat? You're a filthy whore, and you're wrong. I don't care what you think. We all know. We all know your love affair with Incineroar, Jolly. Like, you are clearly biased. But that's fine. It's cool <laughs> to each their own. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to get upset with you for it. But he is... Hands down, one of my least favorite starters in the entire Pokemon franchise, and I just don't like him. So having him in my Smash game, which every time I play Jolly, I will now have to see his ugly mug, <laughs> does not make me overtly pleased. I hope to God that you lose Series 6 so that we can stick you with fucking <laughs> Litten in Series 7. I hope to God. Uh... I will sacrifice it at the altar of the first trial. <laughs> Gen 6, I am bringing my A game because I want my good, good Papio. It's mine. It's mine. <laughs> Meanwhile, Decidueye is on the roster of Pocken Tournament. Incineroar is on the roster of Smash. And Primarine is just off in the corner looking sad. It's okay. She's awesome. I still don't <laughs> want a hyper voice from it. Yeah, that's true. Now, I'm really, really excited, though. Obviously, I love the shit out of Incineroar. This is... I don't, I'm not particularly great at Smash. I don't care if I'm any good at him. Incineroar is 100% my new main. Come at me, bro. I will lariat you in your fucking face. <laughs> it is the best, and I love it. I love his animations, his taunts. Have you actually seen any of his gameplay footage? Yeah, I've seen some of it. Like, he punches you in the face and then poses. It's phenomenal. It's fantastic. Uh, he just, he's 100%. They, they get his character right. And, and that's something I feel is really key and really important. And they did super well. There's a screenshot of him just like posing, holding a million fucking Pikachus. And it's, it's, it's not my new wallpaper, but it should be. I'm slacking. I'm going to have to get on that. Yeah, yeah. In, Incineroar is utterly fantastic. I, I'm really looking forward to his addition and, Quite possibly the last fighter I will ever use in, in Smash. <laughs> now, lastly, we got what will, I would imagine, will almost certainly be our final trailer for Pokemon Let's Go in the weeks leading up to its release. Uh, this trailer was short, but it was extremely cool. Uh, it showcased several of the gym leaders that we hadn't seen previously, including Koga, Sabrina, and Blaine. It also showcased Giovanni and the Elite Four, and just did a really good job of ramping up how epic these games feel. Uh, the big reveal of this trailer, however, was the inclusion of some old familiar faces we weren't necessarily expecting. We now know that while the protagonist and the rival of Let's Go are new characters, our old friends, Red, Blue, and Green, will all appear in these games. Uh, we only got brief flashes of each of them, so it's not immediately clear what their role will be or how large a role they'll play, uh, but it is very exciting to see them in this beautifully remastered Kanto. What do you guys think? What stood out to you from this trailer? I mean... It's the final trailer. It showed off like a bunch of cool things and I think that's neat, but I was already hype as fuck. So it didn't really need to do too, too much for me. Honestly, it showed off the looks of all the different gym trainers. Um, 
but beyond that, I I don't know. When I watched it, I didn't really... Nothing stood out to me as super interesting because I've already seen a lot of the interesting stuff from Pokemon Let's Go, and I just want to get into the game now. I think the thing that excited me most was just seeing Giovanni, but that's just <laughs> me. Yeah, seeing Giovanni's always real, real nice. Um, I was really hyped to see red, blue, and green in-game. I really wasn't expecting that, necessarily. I figured when they announced that you were not red and your rival is not blue, that those particular characters just would not be appearing. Um, so it's really interesting that they are. Like, I, I want to know the story there. Like, for the f- for the very first time, I'm interested to find out what the story of Let's Go is. That's not something that I felt before this trailer. So, yeah, I, it did something for me. That's fair. We'll have to do, like, uh, once we play through it, we'll have to do a reactions cast or something similar. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, finally, guys, uh, we have some very important and exciting uh, Blasper and Radio news for everybody. Uh, we've been telling everyone for months now that new and exciting things were on the way, and we're pleased to announce that we're finally ready to start rolling that stuff out. It's not just talk anymore. It's a real thing. By the time that you're listening to this, our Patreon campaign is live, and you can head over to patreon.com slash challengeacceptedmedia right now to check it out, view the rewards, and if you're able and would like to pledge your support with this launch comes some really really exciting new stuff that starts with Blastburn radio adventures you can join us as we give you our take on an actual play role-playing podcast set within the pokemon universe uh, we're going to take you to a kanto that you've never seen or experienced before uh, it's it's still kanto it's home but it's it's a little different and, and i hope you guys like it as our first goal here on on Patreon, your support will directly impact the scope and the frequency of this new project. Uh, if we make our very first stretch goal, we will be delivering one episode a month to everyone, uh, with patrons getting exclusive early access to new episodes as they're finished. And a higher goal will even ramp up their production and give them to you more frequently. So if you really like this show, the best way to support it and to get more of it is to support us on Patreon. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. Uh, as we grow, there are plans to implement an official community draft league, uh, which is something that we've seen our community ask for pretty frequently. Uh, release the full game system that Mess and I developed for BBR Adventures, um, and even potentially broadcast the recording of this show live on Twitch so that you can follow along and watch our PvP battles as they happen. Uh, there are a bunch of great things on the horizon and your support both financial and also moral emotional is what makes them them possible thank you to absolutely everyone in the community for your support over the last year and for helping us to make this dream a reality uh and while obviously we're, we're really excited for the launch of Patreon, just, just know that we do know that money is tight everywhere, all around. Uh, please know that even if you're not in a position to support us financially on, on Patreon, you are still loved and appreciated. We still value you in this community. Yeah, absolutely. It, this is really exciting. We've been working towards it for, for so long. Not just the, putting the Patreon up, but BBR Adventures and... You know, we didn't mention this, but it's important to know, like, we know that a lot of you folks, like, support us on Twitch and stuff like that, and that's really great and very appreciated. But if you want to support the show, the really the best way to do it is through the Patreon. It helps us just streamline income, you know, for supporting the project and making sure that it's going to the right place. If you want to still support us on Twitch, you know, above and beyond that, 
you're more than welcome to. We won't say no, but this is the place where we're trying to, you know, push any monetization through so we know what our support from you guys is and use that to make decisions on content and experiences for you guys. So just keep that in mind. I'm really excited for this, you guys, and for other stuff that we're not quite ready to talk about yet that's that's on the horizon that we're working on. Like, this isn't even everything. Uh, although, if you have heard us reference hashtag secret project in Discord, that's that's adventures. That's absolutely what we were talking about. It's no longer a secret, but there are still other hashtag secret projects, so be on the lookout for those. Now, just to give you some dates and times so that you know what to expect, the very first episode of Blastman Radio Adventures, our episode zero our setup episode is going to be live to everyone this coming Tuesday, which is November the 13th. That is not our monthly episode for November, though. That's kind of a freebie. The first episode of gameplay will go live one week later on Tuesday, November 20th. And you can expect the rollout of additional episodes monthly, uh, unless you are a patron, in which case they will go up as soon as they are finished over on Patreon for all of our supporters at the $5 tier and above. Now, just know that this show is very different from our normal content. It's, it's kind of new and exploratory for us, and we really, really need your feedback on it, guys. So if you love it, if you hate it, if you think that we should be doing something different, then definitely be sure to let us know. Like, we, we really we really need that from you. Yeah, it's really important. We We think the project is really good. We wouldn't have made it if we didn't, and it's something we've wanted to do for a really long time. In fact, we've been having discussions about BBR Adventures since we started Blastburn Radio. But with that, we've tied some of the Patreon rewards into the continuation of that project and expanding that project. So if you hate it, like we kind of need to know that. We certainly hope that's not the case and we don't think that it will be. But if you think we should be doing something else, let us know. And if you love it and you think it's great, tell us, support it. You know, do whatever you can to let us know that we're doing a good job because, you know, at the end of the day, you guys, our patrons, our community, you're the ones who allow us to do all this stuff. So if we're not serving your needs, then we're not doing it right. So please, please be vocal uh, and be kind when you're vocal. Feedback is great, but be polite as well. You know... Guys, Last Word Radio Adventures and really a lot of the things that we're looking to do uh, with the support of Patreon or for Patreon or things of that nature... This is all stuff that really came, you know, very, very early in the development of Blastburn Radio. Mess and I and, and Rohane at the time, we sat down and one of the first questions that we tabled was, okay, we're running a series with a shelf life. Sooner or later, we run out of games. What does Blastburn Radio look like once the world tour is over? And that's kind of been a question that's kind of loomed over our heads as creators for the entire life of Blastburn Radio, even as a concept. And we've explored a number of different answers to that. You know, we've explored um, shifting focus to a different type of podcast once the adventure's done. We've, we've explored options of, you know, kind of cycling it over and just kind of going again. Um, we've explored options of going on a hiatus until the next game set comes out. And... We still don't have an answer. If you think that's where this conversation is going, it's not. This is still something I think we're very much going to have to feel out as we go. But one of the things that we've always known from that initial conversation is we want to make more stuff so that our only offering, our only product is not this one show that will eventually come to a stopping point. And so with things like Blastburn Radio Adventures and the other projects that we're hoping to roll out down the pipeline, that's what we're hoping to offer you. So I hope you guys love it. 
We could probably talk about Patreon all night. Were we really going to talk about gameplay? That said, like, if you guys have questions about the Patreon or whatever, hit us up in the community Discord and we'll answer them the best that we can. Yeah, absolutely. You guys know how to get at us on Discord, on on Twitter, on email, on the emails, all that good stuff. Uh, by all means, if you have any questions, just let us know. But let's go ahead and talk about our week in gameplay. So this was the fifth week of our Generation 5 series, $5 footlogs. Uh, this week saw our challengers meet the champion of the Unova region, uh, get shit on by ducks on a bridge, uh, be deputized into law enforcement, execute a SWAT raid on an industrial freezer as children, uh, and ultimately challenge Clay in the Driftvale City Gym for our fifth gym badge. Uh, now, as always, our good friend Messer Engine was up first to play this week. So, Mess Buddy, how was your week in Nuzlocke gameplay this week? Uh, it was harrowing. <laughs> to say the least for reasons that will become evident as we go along. Um, so we came out of last week with an unexpected win in PVP and we weren't in the best place, but we weren't in the worst place either. So we, we hopped right in and we were going to go get our encounters and fight Charon because Charon's a dick and he hides behind corners and just shows up and goes, Hmm, math. And then attacks you with subpar moves and tactics and it's just awful we beat up Sharon pretty handily it really wasn't too bad and then we proceeded to meet the champion of the region who taught Sharon a thing or two about charity evidently it was like maybe uh if you're an all-powerful pokemon trainer you shouldn't be a dick hmm. maybe you ever think of that and Sharon was like hmm, no i don't i didn't because being a dick is what I want to do. And yeah, we, we had to go cross a, a bridge. The bridge to Texas, as it were. As I soon found out. And there are so many things wrong with that. I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, <laughs> Hooray, Poké, Texas. Right across the Golden Gate Bridge. Right across the fucking bridge. Um, right across the water, no less. Okay, okay, okay. Let me just stop. We had to get our encounter here, which ended up being a Mincino. And I mentioned this in my team builder. It is the worst Mincino who has ever lived. That fucking... It should have just died in the wild. It's awful. It's got a down attack nature. And then it has zero to zero or zero to five IVs in like four stats. Which are like attack, HP, defense, and like speed. It is awful it's so bad it will never be used it is box fodder forever it's the shit chinchilla oh god it's so terrible like we we're having a conversation later in the week uh jolly and i and he's like well you could use that mincino and i was like yeah you know it's got an attack down nature but that's no worse than any other pokemon i've caught this season and i was like let's go check its ivs and then was like no 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 i sent uh, Jolly, a screenshot of the IV calculator and just went, mm, 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 not happening. Uh, so Rosalina lives in the box. We then proceeded to have the people lower the bridge so that we could catch a ducklet. And a shout out goes to Pegasus League Live for helping me name that ducklet. We named, uh, him Ezlo after the, like, the little mini-ish cap duck from Legend of Zelda, which I completely didn't think of because I've never played those games. Peg was actually like, no, no, Mez, the duck hat. And I went, what? What are you talking about? He's like, Link's duck hat. 
I typed Lynx Duck Hat into Google during my stream and it pulled the image right the fuck up and it looks just like a swana. And I was like, God damn, good job, Peg. So now it's named Ezlo and I like my duck a whole lot, but I'm not using him this week for reasons we'll also talk about a little later. So the bridge comes down and we go to Texas because we all know that dry, arid regions are right next to tons of water, which <laughs> makes perfect fucking sense. Their gym leader, Clay, is a enormous caricature of a, a Texas rancher. You know who Clay is, who he literally is? He's fucking Doug Dimmodome from the Fairly Odd Parents. He just Ugh. pulled out of that cartoon show and transplanted into Pokemon. I half expected him to offer me blubber nuggets. <laughs> so we cross this bridge. We go from this lush area where people are having like a park party. Bunch of hipsters. <laughs> like hipsters are having a park party. Cross the bridge to an arid place where buildings look like they're made of fucking mud. And a fucking cowboy gym leader. And our first impression with Clay is he's like, well, you let the bandits get away. And I'm like, what the fuck are you even talking about? He's like, we put down the bridge and they escaped. I'm like, they didn't escape across the bridge. I don't see how that's my fucking fault. Like, where did they go? They only had one way to go back your way. Like, how is that my problem? But he's like, he's he's just a dick. He's like, you got to go catch him. Go catch him. And then you, maybe you can challenge my gym. So I'm like, okay. If I was a bunch of bandits or Team Plasma fucking in armor, where the heck would I hide? Clearly in a freezer because With that makes a whole lot of sense. With metal plate armor. With the metal plate armor. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's so many things I really, really don't like about this game um so we go down to cold storage where the last of our encounters are for the week and there's some okay stuff here we could get a timber we could get a vanillaite instead we got like five herdiers so we didn't get anything at all and that was a real bummer it was very sad i would have loved a fighty boy or an icy boy and i didn't get either we went into the giant freezer and promptly fought all the people who had timbers by giving them leech seed and just waiting for them to die because bide they're going down. They're yelling timber. <laughs> God, there's so many timbers in that place. I was like, why are there all these fighting types in this box? And I don't remember who it was in the chat. It was like, well, they're moving boxes. I was like, well, that's fair. All right, I'm an idiot. We had to do ice puzzles, which are my least favorite type of puzzles in any Pokemon game, to which Jolly can attest me cursing for like hours in Johto about that stupid ice cave. And we, we found them hiding in one of the, the like crate containers. And there's like a million of them, but of course they insisted on fighting me one at a time. And therefore we prevailed, even though we shouldn't have by any logic, because they're all adults wearing armor and I'm a boy with one Pokemon I can send out at a time or a girl I can send out one Pokemon at a time with. Sharon was there too. I didn't really see him as that helpful, but whatever. We captured this dude. The cowboy came in and arrested them. And then we went up to the where the gym was and we're like, okay, I guess we can do this gym. It's going to be super great. And Getsis shows up and is like, hey, I got more people than you got people. If you keep my, my, my good folks you're going to have some trouble around these parts. And this is what pisses me off the most. They went out of their way to fucking put Texas across the fucking bridge. And he caves like a wet noodle. Like, he's... 
no self-respecting <laughs> Texan would be like, yeah, take these fucking criminals. He'd go, I'll show you what I'm going to do. I'm going to hang them up on this fucking tree. That's what would have happened in Texas. He doesn't give in to no shit. But no, Clay's just like, yeah, I suppose. I accused a bunch of kids of fucking losing them. And they went out through the trouble of getting them. And I'm just going to let them go. I was like, you're a fucking useless sack of shit. And I hate you. So he goes into his gym. And it's like... <laughs> Okay, you can challenge my gym now, which we have to do hard mode because we're super behind. His gym trainers are no problem. Like, Tom Nook is just like, have a return, die, everything. We just walk through that gym. And then we spend the rest of the universe EV training. Because we didn't do any before and there was a lot to do. One of the good folks that we EV trained was our recent addition to the team, our Arkin, Falco. Uh, who was going to be incredible. That boy was so good. Also, our Whirlipede Wiggler, who grew up to be a big Scolipede. Our strategy for the gym was actually pretty solid and well thought through, and I was pretty happy with it. He has a Crocorock, a Palpitoad, and an Excadrill. And the Excadrill is really scary, because it can know Home Claws, it can know the one-hit KO move, uh, like, it's Horndrill? Horndrill. Yeah, Horndrill. Uh, he can know like a lot of bad stuff, but here's the thing. My Whimsicott hits it neutral with Giga Drain and the Palpitoad is zero threat to Whimsicott. It's zero. It cannot. I have a Palpitoad. It's useless. Like I am well aware of its offensive capabilities. So literally the plan was just to come in. I figured he'd be leading with the baby Palpitoad. Just send Whimsicott out and just sit there and growth up. Like, lychee growth up and just murder the shit out of things. We taught Fluffy B return so that we would have just a neutral move to clear out the Palpitoad and the Crocorock and then one hit KO the Excadrill. It was actually like a really solid plan. It got a little mixed up because Clay led with his Crocorock, which I wasn't expecting. And the... Guys, the fight started off bad from the go because I was like, oh, it's the Crocorock. That's no problem. I'll leech seed and then switch in to Tom Nook and murder it because that's what Tom Nook does. We missed the leech seed and got swaggered and did not want to, you know, risk punching ourselves for stupid amounts of damage. So we went ahead and switched into Tom Nook, who took a swagger and we were like, Oh God, we're just going to do this back and forth. And so we decided that we were going to actually attempt to hit this thing. And yeah, we, we killed it. We took a fucking bulldoze, which wasn't fantastic, but we killed it. And when the Palpitoad came out, what I wanted to do was put it to sleep, right? So that it's muddy water and it's bulldoze did not hit fluffy B as much as it could because down accuracy is bad. Down speed is bad when you're dealing with an Excadrill. So we tried to hypnosis and we punched ourselves in the face for a shit ton of damage. And it was very sad. What I should have done is switched out into my whimsicott to clear the swagger and then gone back into Tom Nook to try and reset it. As we've said before, Palpatoad doesn't do like a ridiculous amount of damage. It probably would have been fine. Tom Nook hadn't taken much damage to begin with. And if it did, it probably wouldn't have died and we could have just switched back out. We would have been no worse for wear. But we did not do that. So we punched ourselves in the face. We said, okay, well, I guess we're not putting it to sleep. We sent Fluffy B out. 
And just as I expected, Palpatode was not capable of doing any significant damage to our good boy Fluffy B, even when it had fucking Aqua Ring on and was living forever. We just leech seeded it. It would do some damage. We would gain all of it back with leech seed and we would growth. The problem is, is that because it was awake, we were taking muddy waters down accuracy and we were taking uh, bulldozes to reduce our speed. There was a point in this fight where my fate was decided. I went in with the anticipation of trying to boost up six stages on growth because Fluffy B has a down special attack nature. But down accuracy is really, really, really bad. How many times have we died, lost friends to sand attack because we just fucking missed? And got killed. Like, that is a serious concern. So I got up to four stacks and I panicked. I said, well, this is going to have to be enough. It's four fucking stacks of special attack up. It's just going to have to be enough. And we punched that Palpatode right in the face with return. It fell over, went, oh, my heart, and was gone. And out came the Excadrill. And I thought to myself, well, it's going to hit me once. Because I have down speed. But... I should be able to one-hit KO it, and even if I don't, I should gain so much health back from Giga Drain that we'll be fine. So we Giga Drain. We took a hit. It did a lot of damage, and it was not good. But we Giga Drained, and its health was going down, 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 down to like 10% and stopped. And I went, well, fuck. That's real shitty, because the next thing that's going to happen is a Hyper Potion, which is what happened. And we giga drained again and brought it down to 10%. And we were like, yep, okay, just, it's gonna have another potion. Gonna have to do this one more time. He potioned, we giga drained, and we missed. We fucking missed. It was very bad. And I thought to myself, okay, I can handle this. Just one more go. Like, we're gonna do it. Hit the button, brought it down to 10% after taking a hit. Didn't kill it again, obviously. And I thought to myself, one more. Just need to do one more. We're still at full. Every time he potions and we Giga Drain, we go back up to full. It, we're, we're absolutely fine. And this is really important. The very first turn that his Excadrill was out, he didn't actually attack. And if I misspoke, I apologize. He used Hone Claws, which at the time excited me because it meant I didn't have to live a potential crit or a hit off that thing. And it was good. But now that he'd gone through a couple potions and we're down accuracy... This is starting to be bad, right? Because if we miss, there's opportunities for him to get more Hone Claws up, and that's terrible. Which is exactly what happened. He Hone Claws, we tried to kill it, failed. He Hone Claws, we tried to kill it, failed. And then we took a really bad hit, uh, and we had to switch out. It was no question. Fluffy B was at like 15%. And I had to make a choice, because now this thing is up. Three stages of attack. And it's fast. Whatever comes out has to live a hit. And if it doesn't, then I get a free switch into something fast. But I have to pick something to come out. And nothing wants to take a hit from three stages attack up on an Excadrill. It just doesn't. So what we decided to do, and I I attest at least that this was the right play at the time was that we were going to bring out our Arkin. Now, Arkin has shitty defense, 
but it's rock type and it's flying type, which means it's ground moves and bulldoze miss. If it knows a horn drill, it's just going to miss. There's no chance it can kill it. If it uses bulldoze, no chance it can kill it. It resists slash, which I knew that it had. And if it does use rock slide, which I did know that it had at this point, it has at least a a hefty chance to miss. That was our best option. No one else was going to survive a good hit off of this thing at this point. We brought Arkin in and we took a critical hit on the slash three stages up and it one shot our bird, which I spent two and a half, three hours painstakingly EV training earlier in the day. It was awful. It was the worst feeling in the world. I was so hyped to use that bird. So then I'm like, okay, well, now we just need something that outspeeds, right? He's got like less than 10% health. All we need to do is get something that can hit it one go. It doesn't even have to be for a lot of damage and it'll be done. So I decided to bring out Scolipede because Scolipede's at, let's be honest, he's at significant risk from this thing, but he's fast. He's the fastest Pokemon on my team. And he's going to get one hit off. And I thought to myself, he can make a return hit, even resisted. It'll be enough. And lo and behold, because I had talked myself out of actually sending out this Pokemon in the gym because of the danger, I never taught him return over protect. I didn't do it. I had forgotten in the moment of, oh shit, my bird died. Now I have a Pokemon on the field with two poison moves, protect and pursuit. And if I switch out, someone else is getting a free hit from that three stages up Excadrill. Ugh, so bad. So bad. So my only choice is to hit pursuit and pray. It wasn't enough to kill it. Hit it down to like 2%. Uh, and promptly took a rock slide and got murdered. Second boy, we spent two and a half to three hours EV training dead. Not great. Uh, and then I made the play that I should have made a moment before that. I sent Fluffy B back out, who is really fast. And it just giga drained it for the remainder of its health since its accuracy was perfectly serviceable at that point. And we won and we took our 70 points, but lost 40 uh, on the week because of dead friends and they were significantly good dead friends which is not is not fantastic i am somewhat livid with myself uh over the scolipede mistake the arkin move i feel was the right decision that just turned out shitty for me a roll of the die is a roll of the die if i had spent that extra turn getting one more growth it would have been done He just would have died in one go. And ironically, if I had done one less, he wouldn't have used a potion and we still would have won. So there were definitely some misplays on my part this week. Uh, The strategy was sound. I just didn't execute it as well as I should have. And I should have stuck to the plan and I didn't. So that was super disappointing. We then had to go deposit our dead and grab whoever the fuck was left to figure out like what we were going to do for a team this week. So I grabbed my Pokemon and thought to myself, do we get Surf this week? I think we might. It might be at the end of Route 6, and that might be worth checking out. So I booked it towards Route 6 to see how long this thing was. I just wanted to take a peek, right? Just take a little look. And Bianca shows up. 
And she wants to fight. I'm like not even near the exit yet. Like I can see it. I'm walking in that direction. And she's like, hey, let's fight. And I'm like, oh my fucking God, are you kidding me? Do you people just like live behind buildings just waiting to pop out and go, surprise, Mez, (laughs) a fucking rival fight. So I don't have the best team in the world. The people I just pulled out of the bank haven't been leveled. Like they're not ready because I didn't need them for the gym. And she leads with Herdier. And between potions, fucking Bianca and potions managed to get three workups up on that fucking dog. And I'm sitting there with my dwebble trying like fucking hell not to die. I had to bet on so many rock slides because it just did more fucking damage than bug bite. That there was a chance that I was going to wipe to Bianca after surviving Clay, which would have been a fucking travesty. But luckily that didn't happen. Dwebble did not miss his rock slides. Bubble Lane was a good boy. He got that fucking dog down, even though I had to kill it three times, basically. And we mopped up the rest of her team. But that was really scary. And that's when I said, nope, 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 nope. I'm done. I'm going to level the rest of my team another day. Fuck Route 6. It's not happening. And I logged off for the night. The rest of the week was me EV training replacement Pokemon. And I really wanted to use Ezlo this week for Peg. Really. Peg was so stoked that I got that ducklet, even though it's the only thing I can catch there. uh, And that we had named it something that he wanted it named. I really wanted to use it. But for it to be useful before it becomes Swana, I had to train up its special attack. And the only places I can get special attack in this game right now are off Vanillites, which admittedly do neutral damage because of the flying water typing on Ducklet, and Maractus. And what I found trying to kill those ice cream cones was that they were hyper deadly to the fragile little duck. Ezel almost died three times. And during that stream, I looked right in my camera and went, this is the shit. I give I give Jolly so much shit about doing this risky crap that always results in the death of something. I'm not doing it. Drop Ducklet in the bank, grab Slippy and said, you're just going to have to do. I know you're terrible. I just murdered your brethren, but we're we're doing it. And that was my week. It was just misery and EV training and sadness. I streamed so much over the course of two weeks in a cave, just in the cave, killing Woobats. Over and over and over and over again for every Pokemon that I've ever owned, just getting speed IVs, uh, EVs. It, it was, it was goddamn terrible. Uh, and we lost our sweet bird, you guys. He was so good. He was a murder burb. I was so excited, but Mez can't have nice things this series or natures that aren't contradictory to their Pokemon or IVs. Nothing. None of it. It's not happening. They will all die in fire. Self-cooking pigs included. I'm sorry that you had a real shit week mess. For what it's worth, I absolutely agree with you that you made the correct decision with with your Arkin, your Falco. It was the only decision to make at that moment. You just, you got a shitty roll. It happens. Yeah, it does. It it never gets easier, but it's it's the thing. And then tilting happens and you don't think of things and you can't really blame yourself for forgetting about your (laughs) whimsical Scott. (laughs) Then then you go, go! Go Scolipede with your one attacking move that, like, literally will do nothing. 
it, in a way, it's slightly comforting to know that that Mess gets tilted too. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> kind of a good thing, not for him, obviously, but for us. On occasion, we're we're just gonna have to like commission somebody to cross stitch, stick to the fucking plan for, for all of us, <laughs> and hang on our wall. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm sorry that your weekend gameplay went real shitty mess. Uh, for for once, I'm the one who gets to hop on here and say, it was utterly unremarkable. Nothing of super great interest happened. It was fine. I, of course, had to go through the same stretch of gameplay, which means that I had the same three possible encounters. With our first encounter on the week, uh, we had a couple of interesting options. We could have gotten a Mencino or a Trebish, but we got a Lipard, that good, good dark kitty. And it's a bad, bad dark kitty. It has contradictory nature. It's just not real good. Uh, but getting it here means that it's dupes for future encounters. So that's good, I guess. Uh, she lives in the bank forever. <laughs> um, we also picked up the obligatory ducklet, as it were. Uh, and then we picked up a... Vanillite? A Vanillite, an ice cream cone, uh, which I, I wanted that good fighty boy. I wanted Cock Arms himself. Uh, we didn't get it. We got the ice cream instead, but I'm actually, I'm kind of excited to have the ice cream cone, you guys. I know it's a trap. I kind of want to use it. We'll see. We'll see where it goes. Um, but we're not using him this week because he's still a tiny little ice cream friend and that's not good for, for anybody. We, Fought Charon, had no real problems there. Uh, got to meet Alder, which is super duper hype. Alder is my favorite champion. Personally, he's my favorite region champion ever. So I always love hanging out with Alder. He's a cool dude. And yeah, we, we stormed the cold storage and did all that cool stuff and eventually took on Clay in his gym. And I got to sit down and look at the numbers this week and go, you know what? Clay is really threatening. If Clay goes bad, he could sweep my whole team. I'm in the lead. I don't have to hard mode this shit. So I fucking didn't. <laughs> we got an old friend out of the bank, our uh, our Petalil, Allegra. And we leveled her and we evolved her. And the reason we hadn't used Allegra is because it was really important that we evolve her at the correct level. Because at level 27, specifically as a Petalil, she gets aromatherapy, which is a super duper useful move. It can clear status ailments for the whole team. That's really dope. At level 27, as a Lilligant, she gets Quiver Dance, which is fucking Quiver Dance, you guys. It's quite possibly the single best setup move in all of Pokemon. Very good shit. And by evolving her at level 27, we were able to pick up both, which is hype. Uh, and she was our win con for the gym this week. We were just like, you know what? We're going to go in. We're going to put whatever Clay sends out first to sleep. We're going to quiver dance a bunch of times. And we're just going to eat his fucking soul with this flower girl. And so that's what we did. We spent a long time EV training several of our boys. But when we were ready, we just went into the gym. We led with Allegra. We put Clay's Crocker Rock to sleep, got five quiver dances off, and then just clicked Giga Drain three times. And we were done with it. Uh, we only got 30 points for doing it on easy mode, but we had no risk, no death. And it was it was a textbook week. We were able to mostly maintain uh, and just... Not have to worry about anything dying, which was a very, a very good change of pace for your, your boy Jolly's uh, peace of mind <laughs> for my emotional state after the last couple of series. But of course, it's easy for me to say that when I'm in the lead, but only one of us can be in the lead and Celeste still had to play. So I'm guessing she probably had some much 
more challenging decisions to make this week. Uh, so Celeste, how was your week in Nuzlocke gameplay this week? It was an interesting week. I, it could have been better. Could have been worse. Let's just start off. We did everything that everyone else did. Got to the bridge. Why is a drawbridge always up unless you ask them to put it down? That's a really weird policy for Clay to have. That makes no bloody sense. And it causes a lot of issues and apparently distracts him enough to where he loses people that he'd caught. He put it up to catch the bandits. Weren't you paying attention? That makes no sense. The bandits can't get away if the drawbridge is up. But they ran to the cold storage. They didn't go across the fucking drawbridge. (laughs) He had them cornered. And they just walked by. (laughs) I'm just saying, I'm just saying, when the the drawbridge was up, he had them. When the drawbridge went down, they got away. Seems like goddamn empirical evidence to me. Did he have them tied to it and the drawbridge going down cut the rope or something? I have no idea. It just made no sense. Do it right. Put them on the bottom of the bridge and drown them. Don't fucking (laughs) tie them to the side where they can get away. Yeah, it it, it was weird. But we got him to put down the drawbridge. And before that, we had gone to Route 5. Wait, 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 wait. Clay put down the drawbridge? Drawbridge. Damn it, whatever. <laughs> got it's that, a week. Leave me alone. Got that titty bridge. Did I really say Brawbridge? Huh? <laughs> Did I really say that? Oh my god. It is now the titty bridge forever. <laughs> yes, yes. God damn it. Uh, I forget about Pikachu and Smash, even though I played Pikachu and N64, and then now I'm now I'm renaming bridges to have to have yeah, okay. That that's my week. Anyway. So in Route 5 we got a Gothita. Um, we named it Yoikes. I'm very happy. We're probably going to end up using it once it can evolve. Um, we caught a Ducklet, which I'm also going to be using at some point, probably, because I really like that Pokemon. On the bridge, which was guaranteed, which is nice. And then we went to the cold storage to chase down Team Plasma. And interesting thing, we got our freaking dog finally. <laughs> and he's not the best dog ever. He's got a neutral nature, but... Unfortunately, he's a, like a zero attack stat, so he doesn't have much attack. So he definitely had to EV train his attack. And I looked at his speed. His speed EVs are IVs high. So we, instead of training him in speed, we uh, opted for training him in HP. So we're making him a bulky dog. And hopefully that ends up paying off. We'll see. After that, we went through the cold storage. It was unremarkable. Got through everything. Went to level. And as I was leveling, I was just trying to get through it real quickly. Um, I was murdering things outside of the cold storage because it was good experience. With my uh, Pokemon that needed experience, and I was swapping into my Whimsicott when I needed it. And I wasn't paying attention. Swapped on a Bide. Used Giga Drain. And that Bide hit when I wasn't paying attention as well. Killed my Whimsicott in one hit. And the problem with that is Wimscott was my win condition for the gem because I was going to use growth because I had removed growth from my Snivy a while back to get dual screens. So I had to rethink my entire strategy. I was panicked. I was tilted. I went back to look at what I had. It ended up my plan being I was going to use Powerhouse to get through that Crocker that Crocker Rock by just returning it to death. Second plan was to have Snivy go in and basically finish off the Palpitoad with a normal gem and hit it with Slam, which I wasn't even thinking. I was so tilted I didn't even think to learn Return. That could have gone really badly. So we'll we'll see what happens there. And my third strategy, 
was after that leech seed the freaking excadrill and switch into my ghost with an eviolite and tank it so that was what my plan was so we got prepared for that leveled everything to 31 i wasn't taking any risk i'd rather over level and we get through the gym hard mode go down to clay throw out the powerhouse to fight his crocorock that goes just fine i hit the crocorock down to like no hp it gets healed up using one of the potions which is awesome and I hit it again, and it dies. Out comes the Palpitoad, which the reason why I was using Powerhouse was so I could force a Palpitoad to come out instead of having Excadrill come out early. And yeah, we followed through with that. Um, we used Powerhouse to hit the Palpitoad once so that we could just switch into Snivy and have an easier time killing the Palpitoad. Click Slam. It hit. Luckily, it was a 70% chance. I wasn't even thinking. Killed that. Out comes Excadrill, set up Seeds, take a hefty hit. Seeds heals me to about 50% health, and I go for it. I go ahead and try to throw up a Reflect, and it knocks down Snivy to about 20 health. Um, that could have been a big mistake had it crit, but Snivy did his job. Or It's not Snivy. What is it? Servine now. Wow, my week. Anyway. After that, we switched into our ghost, and our ghost gets hit for, like, 2 HP. We burn it. We finish off the Excadrill. No issue. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> it could have gone a lot worse. And that ended up with 60 points minus 20, 40 points for the week, which is good. We all just ended up with not a lot of points on the week, <laughs> which is sad. I'm I'm pretty okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, guys. Well, that is that is our week in gameplay. And as has been the case for a lot of this series, unfortunately, not everybody is making it with us to week six. And for the second week in a row, that does not include your boy. Uh, not that we're not very sad for Messer Engine and Celeste, but two weeks in a row, everybody's with us, guys. Great success. Messer Engine and Celeste, would you like to take a few moments to say a few parting words to the friends who won't be coming with you this week? Yeah, I suppose we should. Yep. Oh, God. Falco, you were the best. You even looked like the freaking character you're named after. So super pumped. You were going to murder things with acrobatics and gems. So good. You were so good. I only wish Slippy had died instead. Just like, just like the games. Slippy always <laughs> dies first. But that didn't happen. In my head canon, you took the hit so Slippy didn't have to, which was dumb of you. Always let Slippy die. But, what can I say? That mole wanted you dead. That crit slash. Fuck. Oh well, buddy. I'm gonna carry on. And at least you didn't die in vain. We got those points. And you didn't die embarrassingly like your brother uh, Wiggler at... You know, my mistake. So, without further ado, Wiggler, I'm so sorry. I meant to teach you a move that could actually do fucking damage to that thing, and I forgot. Because I thought, it's way too dangerous to send him out. Never gonna do it. Did it. You died. I own that. A lot. Real bad. I feel real bad. I think this is the most embarrassed over a, a friend death I have ever felt. And that's all I'm going to say about that. I'm going to go mourn privately. 
Cotton, you didn't deserve to die. Especially to abide, which was avoidable in the wild. I just was not paying attention. I was just trying to get leveled and done for the week. You had been completely EV trained. You were ready to go. And I was just speeding through. Just murdering everything. Everything, everything seemed fine. And then I switch into you after something you just abide without paying attention. Didn't even notice. Hits hit it. And then you took damage and died. And it was my fault. <laughs> Completely. So dumb. And you were going to be amazing. I was actually considering replacing my starter with you just because of your abilities and what you have turned into and your stats. But that that's not going to happen now. I have to say, Mess Buddy, I, I know you already feel bad enough about it, but you got like half of the Pokemon that I really, really wanted to use this series and killed them all promptly. So I'm real sad about that as well. I will also miss Falcor and Wiggler. Falco? Not Falcor. That's a different... Falcor! <laughs> that is a very different property. Now I'm just going to imagine you riding on that little tiny bird going, Yay! Yeah. <laughs> I will also miss Falco and Wiggler, although I'm real happy I don't have to figure out how to deal with the murder bird. The murder bird was going to be so good. Maybe someday. BBR All-Stars. Maybe. Maybe. Alright guys, so that was our week in gameplay, but as always, we weren't the only ones playing. Uh, this week did bring another series of email updates from our good friends playing along at home. Uh, firstly, this week brought another set of emails from good friend of the show and first ever champion of the Blastburn Radio Pokemon League, Flame and Air. Uh, Messer Engine, would you read Flame's email for us, please? Yeah, absolutely. So, Flame says, Hello, BBR crew. I uh, hope all is going well for everyone post-Clay. I wish I could say that everyone came out unscathed here, but that would be very untrue. Three Encounters brought us new friends. Here's that detail. Aliara got a Solosis on Route 5 and named it Orco. On the drawbridge, he got the obligatory Ducklet, uh, which he named Screech. Cold Storage was a Timber named Rio Blast. Uh, old School Bliss got a Mincino on Route 5 named Albert. I hope your Mincino is better than my Mincino, Bliss. On the Drawbridge, also a Ducklet named Harvey. Cold Sword was a Vanillite named uh, Lilith, Lilith, isn't he on the end? Flame and Air, what did you get? Uh, Route 5, you got a Trubbish. I'm super jelly. Uh, named Savra. On the Drawbridge, that Ducklet, there is no name listed here. Uh, for whatever reason, that might be a bad copy on our part, but I'm, I'm sorry, Ducklet, that you don't have a name if you don't have one. And, and Cold Storage, uh, was also a Vanillaite for Flame named Lovisa. Aliar did lose his Arkin to Charon. I'm so sorry, my friend. Uh, and Bliss and Aliar cleared Clay hard mode without deaths. Good on y'all. I also challenged Clay hard mode and nearly wiped. I'm so sorry, Flame. I saw the screenshot in, Discord the other day. At the end of the battle, I had lost my Watchhog, my Herdier, my Swoobat, my Audino, and my Levani. Whimsicott holding on with 13 HP. It was bad, but we didn't die and we didn't lose the franchise tag, our sweet cotton ball girl. So we continue. Unfortunately, due to time constraints and the massive amount of grinding for me in particular, we haven't completed PvP for this chapter. Aliar has been bliss in PvP, and I expect he'll continue his win streak against me. I'll update point values for the next chapter. Best of luck to everyone playing along. Don't lose all your friends like me. Flame and Air. 
Thank you very much, Mess. And thank you, Flame. I am so sorry, sir. The level of loss that you suffered this week is incredibly painful. I've been there, and you absolutely have my sympathy. Now, as with last week, Flame also wrote a second email catching us up on the other group that he's participating in. Uh, Celeste, would you read Flame's other email to us this week? Sure. Flame says, hey, BVR crew, another quick update on our rebuilding team here. Jinji is nearly caught up and is prepping for the, to fight Clay. He wanted me to specifically mention that he's very sad because he lost his monkey. But he also caught a shiny timber, so maybe that balances out. I'm post-Clay grinding for PvP. Patrick is ready, and I think Jinji still needs to beat Clay. But I am confident the next chapter will be back on track. I'll get all the encounters straightened out then, too. Until then, best of luck to everyone playing along. Flame and air. Thank you, Celeste. And thank you once again, Flame. Uh, Gingy, you are a lucky whore, and I hope you know that and enjoy your good, good penis monster. Uh, (laughs) Shiny penis monster. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, this week also brought another email from good friend of the show and host of Payday Podcast, Tom Archard. I'll go ahead and read Tom's email this week. He writes, Hey, Blastburn crew. Hope you're all well and having good Nuzlocke luck. I haven't touched Pokemon Black in weeks and plan on keeping it that way. Ah, shots fired. I am, however, super excited for Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee. I've got a brand new Pokemon Switch and multiple copies of the game arriving for myself and my girlfriend, as well as a couple of other small gifts to myself to make my life infinitely happier. Are you guys all picking up Let's Go? What are you excited or nervous about? If you're getting the game i definitely want to add you all on my switch and battle and trade with you sometime anyway keep on trucking through unova and beware of those fucking bide cats tom thank you very much tom i mean obviously we did talk about let's go earlier but yeah to reiterate super pumped for this fresh look at kanto and i will be happy to be your poke pal same here mm-hmm now, lastly, this week brought another email update from community moderator and proud member of hashtag Team Messer Engine, uh, Pegasus. Mess, would you read Peg's email for us, please? Sure. Uh, he says, Peg here, reporting on Cycle 2 and 3 of me, Jinji, and Patrick's world tour. Cycle 2 entailed going from Pewter to Cerulean and taking on Misty. The first death of the tour happened when Pat lost his Raticate Amitrine to a crit near Mount Moon. Pat was talking about how great of an idea it was to do Misty Easy Mode, so I did so. Then he turned around and did it fucking hard mode. Gingy too, but I was expecting that. Pat sounded like Easy Mode Misty was his fucking religion. He thoroughly bamboozled me. It didn't matter in the long run as I stomped them both in PvP, with Gingy picking up the remaining points against Pat. Then came Cycle 3, where we all stomped Surge Hard Mode, no big deal. I slashed with my Sand Slash... Dakari? Dakari? That's that's Dakari, bud. Is it it Dakari? Dakari. I'm like, you guys can't see me in my webcam, like, looking at this all funny. Uh, Dakari, evidently, till I won. Pat and Gingy used their nittos. I again proceeded to curb stomp PvP again. Hashtag rap till win. Hashtag gen one best meta. Hashtag weeping bell secret top tier. Gingy again beat Pat for the scraps. Being in first place at the end of Cycle 3 meant I drafted my Evolution first and chose Jolteon. We actually had Pat and Jinji's rankings mixed up during the initial draft, so we are now waiting to see if Jinji wants to keep the Flareon he thought he was stuck with or get Vaporeon. 
I plan to shake up my team a good bit this cycle, and my Charmeleon is probably getting benched because it's a trash boy. This has been really fun, and I can't wait to see what the Erica cycle brings. No Kalos today. I've pushed it aside. I might report back on the Sunlock that Jolly forced on me, but not tonight. All right, that's all for this time. Peg out. And the current standings in that series, if you folks were wondering, was Pegasus in first place with a... Semi-commanding, 340 points. Jinji is in second place with 290. And Patrick is in third place with 250. Awesome. Thank you, Master Engine. And thank you, Peg. Also, you're kind of a shitty, shitty friend for using rap in PvP in Gen 1. Like, that just, that doesn't make you smart. It makes you kind of a bad person. I seem to remember an Ekans that you didn't want on your PvP squad that fucking week. So maybe you just shut your mouth. <laughs> Look, I did what I had to do, okay? <laughs> <laughs> All wow. right, guys. If you are a proud member of the Blastford Nation like Flame, Pegasus, or Tom, and if you're playing along with us at home or just following the show, we want to hear from you. Be sure to get at us by email or through social media, and we will share your messages with the community because at the end of the day, we're all in this together. All right, guys, it is that time, and coming into PvP after our fifth week of gameplay, your boy Jolly remains on top. I am leading with my score of 560 points. Celeste remains in second with her score of 510, and Messer Engine was sadly unable to gain ground due to his difficult week and remains in third with his score of 490 points. Now, as always, last week's big winner must defend the stick first, and this week, that was me... Celeste, I challenge you. Yay. All right, guys. Well, let's do it. And here we go. All right, everyone, we are here with our first match of the night. Jolly versus Celeste. Jolly's over there in that white corner, sporting that Levani, Sigilif, uh, Yamask, Lilligant, Darumaka, and Tortuga. Whereas Celeste over in her black corner has her herdier, finally, uh, Yamask, Tortuga, Sock, Trubbish, and Crocorock. Are you two ready to start? Let's do it. Yep. You may begin. Jolly leads out with that Yamask Zoloft, whereas Celeste leads out with Wedge, uh, her herdier, the brand new pupper. The Intimidate from Wedge came out when it came out as a point of note. Wedge opens up this exchange with a Thunder Wave and paralyzes Zoloft, and it is fully paralyzed on its turn and cannot act. A super effective crunch from Wedge brings Zoloft down to 48%. Zoloft does get that burn off, though, which is going to be real shitty for our good doggo friend, who is burned and goes down to 88%. Another crunch barely does anything to Zoloft at all. It, it goes down a little bit and then rests up to 100%. Wedge is still burned and is at 76%. A roar from Wedge kicks the Tortuga, who had just come out, out, and out comes the Daramaka. Vankerman 
who attempts to return uh, and misses due to hustle. Uh, it gets paralyzed by Thunder Wave, which is not good for that fast little boy. Wedge is still burned and is at 52% and is swapped out in favor of Scheme, the Crocorock, uh, on Celeste's side. Jolly brings out the Lilligant, Allegra. Sleep Powder from Allegra puts Scheme to sleep. It's nappy time. Out comes Powerhouse for Celeste. Allegra uses Aromatherapy to clear all that status on Jolly's side of the field. Very, very useful. Out comes Zoloft uh, for Jolly. It switches into a Rock Tomb, which misses. That sucks, doing his little dance. Uh, dancing right out uh, into Wedge, who comes out and eats a Will-O-Wisp on the switch-in, which, of course, it's already burned, so doesn't matter. Wedge is now at 40% from burn damage. Out comes the Tortuga into a Thunder Wave, which is unfortunate, but no damage there. Out comes Garbage for Celeste, that good trash bag. And the Tortuga Al- Alcatone, is that how you pronounce that, Jolly? Uh, is fully paralyzed. Vankaman comes out once more, that little Daramaka friend. And it jumps into some toxic spikes, which were not set yet, so it is not poisoned. But that could be real bad. Vankaman uses uh, Belly Drum, uh, upping its attack by four times and eating its berry. It is now at 75%, and two whole toxic spikes are on the ground now, which is super unfortunate. But a fire punch from that Daramaka ends that, uh, that trash bag in one hit. Out comes the Tortuga for Celeste. It utilizes Aqua Jet, bringing Vankerman down to 5%. It eats a return in return, uh, being brought down to 35% as it resists that return hit, as strong as it is. Another Aqua Jet brings down the deadly, dangerous Daromaka. Zoloft comes into Toxic uh, when it switches in, thanks to the Toxic Spikes. A Will-O-Wisp burns Snap. Uh, it crunches that Zoloft, but it doesn't do a whole lot because it's burned. Zoloft is down to 75% after the crunch and toxic damage. Snap is down to 23% after the burn. And Zoloft utilizes Hex and downs the turtle. Zoloft is at 65% after toxic damage. Out comes Spooky C. Uh, the Yamask on Celeste's side of the field is Ghost v. Ghost. Allegra comes out for uh, Jolly. It switches into a Hex and is down to 64%. It is also Toxic Poisoned. It Quiver Dances one whole time, uh, increasing its Special Attack, Special Defense, and Speed. Uh, It takes some Toxic Damage, is down to 52%, uh, and unfortunately is not burned. Celeste was anticipating that uh, that aromatherapy hoping to get the burn off and it didn't happen. Spooky C uses a, a haze to clear uh, Allegra's stacks from Quiver Dance, and Allegra uses aromatherapy to clear the toxic on all of her good friends. A Giga Drain from Allegra brings Spooky down to 14%. That was a big hit, even without uh, the boost. Allegra is burned now and is at 83%. Out comes Wedge, the good doggo, switches into a Giga Drain. 
uh, and is down. Allegra is at 88% after the burn and does have attack down from the Intimidate. Powerhouse, the Sock, comes out for Celeste. Zoloft comes out. Jolly successfully predicting the return. It is toxic once more, but takes no damage from the return. Out comes Scheme, who still is napping at the moment. Uh, it switches into an attempted Will-O-Wisp, but it uh, can't get burned because it's still sleeping. Uh, Zoloft uses Rest and goes back up to 100% and clears its Toxic. And it's Nap v. Nap. Allegra comes... <laughs> Allegra comes out and is at 76% after the burn. Does not end up with Toxic just because it's already burned. It Quiver Dances uh, on its turn and is way up uh, on that special attack, special defense and speed. It is at 38% after taking a dig from Scheme and the burn that it took. Spooky C comes out for Celeste into a Giga Drain, bringing Allegra down a little lower. It's at 34% now. Sock, the powerhouse, works both ways now that I think about it, comes out to face Allegra, but things are looking pretty dire for Celeste at the moment. Allegra manages to get the sleep powder off, which is really unfortunate. Powerhouse is sleeping. Allegra is burned and is at 22%. Allegra quiver dances again and is now up in special attack, special defense, and speed by two stages. It is at 11%. Allegra utilizes uh, Giga Drain, but our good friend uh, Powerhouse is sturdy and does not go down. He wakes up, drops some rocks on Allegra, reducing its speed, uh, bringing it down to 25% after the burn, but it is not enough to save its life a turn later when Allegra Giga Drains again. Out comes Scheme, who promptly gets Giga Drain for all of his health, and Jolly has won very much on the back of that. Good plant, girl. Congratulations. Good game, Celeste. Good game. Okay, well, as always, the loser gives up the stick, and this time that will be Celeste, so the next match will be myself against Messer Engine. Celeste, the mic is yours. All right, in the white corner, we have BBR Jolly leading out with, or not leading out, what am I saying? Bringing his uh, Dewat, his Levani, his Sigilith, his Yamask, his Lilligan, and his Daramaka. Messer Engine in the black corner has Whimsiscott, Palpitoad, Watchhog, Dwebble, Darmaka, and Krokorok. Are you two ready? Do it. Yep. Alright, you two again. Jolly leading out with Lasix, his Duat, and Mezzer Engine leads out with Tom Nook, his Watchhog. A Scald from Lasix hits Tom Nook down to 52%, and a Thunder Wave paralyzes Lasix. A Return from Tom Nook hits Lasix down to 57%, and another Scald takes Tom Nook down to 7%. Jesus, my kingdom for a burn. <laughs> you don't need it. Another return from Tom Nook hits Lasix down the six percent, and a scald finishes off Tom Nook. Fluffy V coming out from Mezzer Engine, he has Whims of Scott. Fluffy V sets up a leech seed, expecting a swap. And a return from Lasix hits Fluffy V down to sixty-seven percent, and Leech Seed finishes off Lasix. And heals Yeah. Sorry, after the heal was sixty-seven percent. Lyrica, the Levani, comes out for BBR Jolly. Fluffy Bee sets up a Grove and takes a Bug Bite for the rest of its health. Out comes DK, that Daramaka, for Mezzer Engine. Lyrica uses Return and just finishes off DK. Yeah, good times. Out comes Bubblane, the Dwebble, 
for Mezzer Engine. A Razor Leaf hits the Bubbling to 58%, and a Rock Slide hits Lyrica to 74%. Or, sorry, hits it for 74% because it's super effective. Lyrica is at 26% health. Another Razor Leaf hits Bubbling down to 15%, and another Rock Slide finishes off Lyrica. Allegra comes out for BBR Jolly. Puts Bubbling to sleep. Bubbling stays asleep. And Allegra sets up a Quiver Dance, raising its special attacks, defense, and speed. A Bug Bite hits Lyrica for 55% of its health. And a Giga Drain from Allegra. Did I say Lyrica? But yeah, it was Allegra, sorry. A Giga Drain from Allegra finishes off Bubbling. At turn one, wake up, though. It doesn't matter. None of this matters. <laughs> it does. <laughs> Out comes Slippy, and Slippy gets eaten by Giga Drain. I killed two of your Pokemon. That's like logistically the best that I could have expected. Out comes Crocorock, and it's going to get eaten by Giga Drain, too, because, yeah. Sure is. Allegra is broken. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Good game, mess. <laughs> Good game. Good game. All right, well, that's two matches in the books. And as always, that leaves us with one more, which will be Celeste versus Messer Engine. And in the the slightly darker black corner, we have Celeste the Lost, who is leading out with her team of her Herdier, who she has to bring. That is her franchise tag Pokemon. She is the first of the three of us to acquire her franchise tag. So we know that Herdier is going to come to every match. Uh, but she is also bringing her Yamask, her Sock, her Trubbish, her Crocorock, and her Tranquil. Messer Engine on the other side of the field is bringing his Whimsicott, his Palpitoad, his Watchhog, his... Oh god, I should know the name of that Pokemon. I like that Pokemon. Um, it is a Dwebble. Yeah, that's a good Buggo friend. Uh, his Darumaka and his Crocorock. Celeste, Mess, are you ready? Yes. Yep. Alright, you may begin. Right, Celeste is leading out with Garbage, her Trubbish. Messer Engine leading out with Bubblane, the Dwebble. And Bubblane goes right for the Stealth Rocks. Garbage goes right for the Toxic Spikes, leading strong with those good, good entry hazards. And Bubblane does outspeed with the Rock Slide, and it is a crit hitting Garbage for 64% of his health. Garbage sets his second layer of Toxic Spikes and gets a little bit of recovery from that good, good Black Sledge. Garbage ends the turn at 42% health. And Bubbling goes back to the Rock Slide. This one does not crit. Uh, and Garbage does live on just a little bit of health uh, and gets a stockpile up, increasing both defensive stats. Uh, Garbage is currently at 18% health. Bubbling goes back to the Rock Slide, and this one misses. Garbage gets a second stockpile up. That might actually matter a lot. Uh, now at 24% after Black Sledge recovery. Bubbling does hit again with the Rock Slide for 15% damage. Garbage gets a third stockpile up, is now at 15% with three stages up in defense and special defense. My kingdom for a flinch. And Bubbling goes back to the Rock Slide, hits for 12% and does get the flinch. Garbage is only at 9% health and most likely will not live another if it lands. Bubbling goes for the Slash, which cannot miss, uh, hedging those bets, and finishes off Garbage. Out comes Powerhouse's Sock for Celeste. Nice thing about those Stealth Rocks, though, is it breaks Powerhouse's Sturdy. He can be one-hit KO'd. Not that I think Bubblane is particularly capable of one-hit KOing a Sock, but just, you know, worth noting. Powerhouse does go first with a Brick Break, dealing 59% to Bubblane. However, Bubblane does a little bit of damage back with his Rocky Helmet. 
My powerhouse also heals a little bit with Shell Bell, so there's some back and forth there. Uh, Bubblane hits powerhouse with Rock Slide for 20%. On the following turn, powerhouse follows up with Brick Break and finishes off Bubblane, ending that exchange with 52% health, just a little bit above half. And out comes Slippy, that Palpatine, who is toxic on the switch in from the Toxic Spikes. Powerhouse goes back to the Brick Break, which crits and is enough to just take down Slippy, not doing anything for Messer Engine's confidence in that particular Pokemon. And this is why Slippy is garbage. <laughs> <laughs> no, garbage is garbage. Out comes King K. Rule, that Kuruk Rock, getting toxic on the switch in and getting the Intimidate off on Powerhouse. Well, that's a thing. All right, and Powerhouse goes back to the Brick Break, uh, which is super effective and is more than enough to bring down the Crocker Rock. After Shell Bell Recovery, Powerhouse is back up to 77% health. Fluffy B, the Whimsicott, comes out for Messer Engine and is also toxic on the Switch. Uh, Fluffy B goes for the Giga Drain, dealing 44% to Powerhouse, hitting it pretty substantially, uh, takes 40% from the Brick Break in return. At the end of the turn, Fluffy B has 54% health and is toxic. Powerhouse has 38% remaining. Fluffy B does outspeed with the Giga Drain, and that is enough to finally bring the sock down. After toxic damage and Giga Drain recovery, Fluffy B is at 62%. Spooky C, the Yamask, comes out for Celeste and does take Rock's damage on the Switch. And Fluffy B gets off the Leech Seed on Spooky C, uh, which is good for sustaining its life. However, Spooky C uses Hex, and as Fluffy B is toxic, that Hex deals a, a pretty substantial chunk, 27%. Uh, Fluffy B has 29% remaining at the end of the turn. Fluffy B does use Giga Drain, however, for half of Spooky C's health. At the end of that matchup with Toxic Damage and Leech Seed and Recovery, Fluffy B is at 14%, Spooky C's at 15%. And Spooky C comes back out in favor of Wedge, the Herdier, uh, who switches into a Giga Drain for 42% of his health. Between that and the Rock's damage, he's at 46. Fluffy B is now at 9% after Toxic. Uh, gets one last Giga Drain off on Wedge, bringing it back up to 31% before Wedge uses Crunch, and then Toxic finishes the job. Fluffy B is down, but put in substantial work before he went down. And Tom Nook, the Watchhog, coming out for Messer Engine, once again toxic on the switch in due to the spikes. And Tom Nook goes first and crunches to finish off Wedge. And out comes Spooky C after Rock's damage. Spooky C only has 3% health remaining, but will stall a turn of toxic damage with his dying breath at least. And that's exactly what happens. Tom Nook outspeeds and gets the crunch off, giving mummy to Tom Nook because it made physical contact with that Yamask. Uh, and Tom Nook takes toxic damage. Uh, floop, the floop, the whoop, the tranquil comes out for Celeste and takes pretty substantial rocks damage on the switch because it's a bird type. And Tom Nook does outspeed and uses Return, dealing 52%. However, Floop uses Roost. Oh, just being a stolly, annoying birdo. On the following turn, Tom Nook uses Thunder Wave. Floop then Roosts back up to full. Tom Nook goes back to the Return, bringing Floop down to 51%, and Floop is fully paralyzed. Tom Nook's down to 14% from Toxic Damage. Uh, Floop uses Quick Attack and finishes off Tom Nook. Now Floop has the Mummy. DK the Daramaka comes out from Messer Engine, his last remaining Pokemon, and is once again toxic on the switch end. Floop comes back out in favor of Scheme the Krokorok, who switches into a Fire Punch, which misses. That miss is probably very big. 
frankly. Scheme does go first with a return, dealing 88% of DK's health. DK hits back with a normal gem strength in return, which finishes off the Crocorock. However, the toxic damage is enough to finish off DK. The winner of this match is Celeste. That fucking hustle. That hustle indeed. I thought I thought for a moment that Celeste was about to let your your uh, Darumaka get rid of hustle, and that actually could have mattered a lot in this matchup, but she didn't, and that paid off. Good game to both of you. Good game, Celeste. Good game. Okay, so looking at our points uh, rankings after PvP tonight, uh, this was definitely a case of the rich getting richer and the poor getting poorer. I have strengthened my lead significantly. I remain in first place now with a score of 620 points. Uh, Celeste did pick up the remaining 30 points on the week and is still in second now with a score of 540. She is down 80 points from my current position. Messer Engine remains in third and was unable to build on his score, still sitting with 490. Uh, how are we feeling after pvp this week guys yeah i made some pretty significant misplays i'm kind of salty about that hustle missing that made a really big difference but it's it's whatever it's the roll of the dice it's kind of been the whole fucking series so we'll just roll with it keep on rolling and try not to die that's the game of pokemon that we play a a a a a it very much is it very very much is there's some Pokemon that I probably need to retire at some point. That's how I feel. Yeah. When when Fluffy B can murder half of your team with a down special attack nature, it might be time to <laughs> send some of them away. Well, some of them will be evolving in coming weeks, and that's going to be super Yes, that's going to be a, uh, a big difference. I think we're all looking forward to some evolutions when we look at our, our rosters currently and also to some new encounters that are coming up. Um, again, obviously, I'm not in any position to complain. I just did very well, and I don't even feel like I necessarily have the strongest PvP roster of our competitors at this point, but I've been able to make really good use of it. So I'm not going to I'm not going to look that particular gift horse in the mouth. So let's look at what's coming up this week. This week, our heroes will head north from from Poke, Texas, from Driftvale City. We will battle Bianca if we didn't already stumble into her, at least. And we will explore Route 6 and the Season Research Lab before meeting up with Clay outside of Chargestone Cave. Uh, Team Plasma awaits within the cave, and we will battle Grunts throughout, leading up to our good buddy, the Enigmatic Inn. Uh, we will exit into Mistralton City, and we will meet Gym Leader Skyla, though she has an urgent errand at the Celestial Tower and cannot battle until it has been completed. Uh, we will follow her through Route 7 and the Celestial Tower to earn the right to challenge her in the Mistralton City gym. Uh, now, Skyla is a flying type specialist. She has a Swoobat, an Unpheasant, and a Swana on her roster, and her signature move, terrifyingly enough, is acrobatics. Our level limit for this week's gameplay is 35. How are we feeling going into week six of gameplay, guys? Mm, feeling, feeling a TPW coming on. Uh, acrobatics gym. Mm -mm. acrobatics is scary not good not good you know what's great against you know flying types rocks you know it's not great against rocks or is great against rocks water swana swana's gonna make my day real bad swana's typing is not super easy to manage at this point in the game since none of us got a blitzel but joltix on the encounter table so there's that to look forward to at least if we're not looking for those big dick points so that's a thing I'm both excited and apprehensive that we're finally coming up on the point where we're going to shit or get off the pot and, and get our uh, our tagged encounters, our franchise tags. Um, just just for the record, just so you guys know, normally we try to pretty stick it pretty close to where we're 
exploring progression areas in a week's gameplay. I might go a little bit ahead of progression this week just to make sure that we get franchise tagging out of the way because guess what the next podcast episode is where if we haven't got our franchise tag we have to abandon it and pick a new one so we're gonna do what we need to do to make sure that we know if we get it or not by then essentially and also so that mess and celeste know if i don't get an axe you that they can try to get one themselves that's important but yeah i'm i'm both excited and terrified for that um obviously skyla is a terrifying gym leader just in general uh, there, there's a lot to be apprehensive for and a lot to be excited for, I think, in this week's gameplay. And a lot of our key encounters are going to evolve right around level 35, although not our starters for another week, because fuck you, that's why. I mean, I don't have one, so good for me. <laughs> they can stay babies for another week for all I care. <laughs> that's okay, Duwat's cooler than Samurai anyway. No, that's very true. (laughs) All right, guys. Well, that's been our show this week, as always. And we do want to, as always, let you know when and where you can expect to find us around the Internet. Messer Engine, when and where can our listeners expect to find you streaming your gameplay on Twitch this week? Uh, It should be tomorrow, Sunday. I don't know what. What day is it today? Today's the 10th. Tomorrow's the 11th. So Sunday the 11th at 6 p.m. Eastern at twitch.tv slash engine. Same bat time, same bat channel, same dead Pokemon, most likely. So make sure to tune in for that. Thank you, Mess. Uh, as always, I will be up next and I will be streaming this coming Tuesday evening, 9 p.m. Eastern at twitch.tv slash jollymynature. And come out and watch and show me some love instead of just ignoring me for the awesome Blastburn Radio adventures I'm going to be dropping for you on that same day. Uh, but maybe do both instead of just ignoring me for the delicious, delicious podcast content I give you. Maybe? Please? I will also be live on Friday evening this coming week will be our, our Friday night fight for our most recent showdown spotlight episode on Mammoth Swine. So if you have not yet built and submitted your underused Mammoth Swine teams, be sure to get those to us. We'll be happy to feature you on the stream. And that will be on my channel this time at again, twitch.tv slash Messer Engine Friday. Slash Messer Engine. That's your channel. I am not That's a Messer Engine. That's my channel. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Jolly by Nature. And that'll again be Friday evening at 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, that does, of course, leave our good friend Celeste. Celeste, when and where can our listeners find you live streaming your gameplay? You'll find me at Twitch.tv slash Lost. And I'll be streaming on Thursday evenings at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That'll be both this Thursday and next Thursday. Next Thursday is Thanksgiving. Are you sure? Um, <laughs> I'm... Yeah, maybe not. I'll have to figure that out. Damn it. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. You're right. I'm I'm letting weeks blur. That's that's how I am. Anyway, yes, at least this Thursday. Let's go with that. Stay tuned for when I'll figure out when I'll stream. Okie dokie. Uh, now, as always, guys, we want your emails. We want to hear from you, uh, whether you're playing along with us at home, doing your own super dope shit that you just want to talk about, or if you just want to give us your thoughts and feelings on the show and what we're up to, please send those emails to blastburnradio at gmail.com or get at the show on Twitter or Facebook. Uh, and be sure to check out uh, patreon.com slash challenge accepted media to see all the cool rewards that we're offering you guys for your support. And if you've got a couple of bucks and, and you can financially afford to, we really, really appreciate your support. Now, as always, you can follow me personally at bbr jolly on twitter i'm at celeste lost and i'm at messer engine uh, as always don't forget to check out mythic portal games for all of your role-playing asset needs if you use any cool virtual tabletops around the web you can find great artwork to make your campaign come to life uh, made by our very own messer engine crafted carefully 
perhaps even lovingly, every single week just for you. Uh, and be sure to follow the show uh, at Blastburn Radio on Twitter and Facebook, and we'll keep you up to date on what all of our hosts are doing around the web. I do want to thank everyone for joining us today. I want to give a very special thank you, as always, to my co-host, Messer Engine and Celeste. For Blastburn Radio, I am Jolly by Nature. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next time. See you soon, folks. See you next time, folks. Last Burn Radio is a production of Challenge Accepted Media. This episode was produced by Jolly by Nature, Celeste the Lost, and Messer Engine. Pokemon and all related games and characters are the property and trademark of Nintendo, Game Freak, and the Pokemon Company. Opening music in today's episode includes Game On by Fishy, off the OC Remix album, The Missing No Tracks. Check out this great album at missingno.ocremix.org. Battle music in today's episode provided by Glitch X City. Check out all her work on YouTube or SoundCloud at Glitch X City. Closing music in today's episode is A Lullaby for Trains off the Pokemon Black and White Super Music Collection, available on iTunes. Design work and stream assets provided by Rachel Mondragon. Check out her other work or contact her for commissions on Twitter at RachieChu. Blastburn Radio and its hosts are solely responsible for its content.